Hello and welcome to Drive and Double Feature Podcast. I'm Nathan. I'm Ryan. And this is the podcast where we talk about two movies a week every Tuesday and Thursday. But before we get into this Tuesday's episode, I want to talk to you all about our Patreon over at patreon.com slash drive and double feature podcast. We have a bunch of bonus episodes where we talk about each other's movie tastes. And if that sounds interesting to you, just for $5 a month, you can get that content and you help support us, help us get rentals over here. But getting into today's episode, we're right back at it. It's another bond, but not the same bond. We have a new bond with what? us. What? There's a different one? Yeah, there's more than one bond. Well, I guess I should say more than two bonds. <laughs> and heck, there might be more than three, but I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, but <laughs> we are talking about Roger Moore. We're talking about our first Roger Moore Bond movie with Live and Let Die from 1973. But it's not our first timed or a director with this one it is uh, guy hamilton returning again who directed goldfinger and diamonds are forever so He's back yeah one with a major hit one with maybe you know it's, it's an all right movie I, I think we were both like you know positive but kind of lukewarm on that one so sure yeah <laughs> we'll see we'll see how this goes um with with this one you have any experience with live and let die uh yeah uh it's probably I, I, I before all these current rewatches, it's probably my favorite Roger Moore Bond movie. Really? Okay, cool. Like again, like we never rewatch too many of the Roger Moore movies, but I have seen this one probably like a couple times, and uh, it's just as good as I remember it. It is. It's a. It's a really really good entry, and it's a great introduction to Roger Moore. Yeah, it's, I think it's great. I, I really enjoyed this one. This is my first time watching this and it's just a really solid bond because like when we're going through this in timeline order of release order, it really gives you perspective. And I think this one feels like a nice fresh start for the franchise. It's like a nice, let's do something a little bit different. It stands out amongst like the what's come before it. What I really like about Roger Moore though is that you know, as much as I do love Sean Connery, but mm -hmm. it's not hard to see him as James Bond, like, at all. No, no. Roger Moore is great as James Bond. And he's, like, he's really funny. He brings a nice personality. You, you, you've talked about this before, where Roger Moore is the funny Bond. And, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, he's delivering the one-liners very smoothly. He, It's kind of weird because, I mean, Sean Connery, of course, is the quintessential Bond, and I think Roger Moore kind of gets left out of the conversation, even though he's in so many, but he still is a really good Bond. Yeah, well, they, they say, like, how does it all go for all the Bonds? It's like, Sean Connery's like the sleazy Bond, mm -hmm. and Roger, <laughs> yeah. Moore, Roger Moore's the funny one, Timothy Dalton's the edgy 80s one, mm -hmm. Pierce Brosnan is the what would be like the like the classy bond maybe uh, i would say so say? yeah yeah the classy bond i like that yeah and then uh <laughs> daniel craig's like the rampage bond maybe. yeah and then george lazenby's the forgotten bond so <laughs> well he's the he's the ladies man he's the lover of yeah the group. He, is, he is the lover of the group so everybody brings their own personality trait and we'll, we'll see what this new one delivers well, for us oh, oh what would uh, david nevin be it's, yeah, David Nevin and uh, 
Woody with Allen, Woody Allen, and uh, oh, the whole, that whole cast, all of those Bonds. Like, let's break them down really quickly. I hope to forget about that movie one day. <laughs> I've I've almost forgotten everything in that movie. I I have. You mentioned David Niven, and I for a second I was like, huh? <laughs> Separate <laughs> tables. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I, I love Separate Tables. He won Best Actor for that one. Uh, but no, Roger Moore is a really solid Bond. And I think, uh, even though it is interesting in this one's like opening sequence, um, he he is um, he's not in it. He's not, he's, it. This is one of those Bond opening sequences where it's very, uh, it, it sets up the plot more than anything. It's not... It, has something to do with the plot and all that it carries forward the actual plot of the movie it's a very fast opening it's very yeah. much just diving right in getting straight to the action and uh it just shows various different uh mi6 agents being murdered mm-hmm. and uh and then we get our uh, opening title sequence but what well, i do really like they one of the agencies the these people like walking with the coffin throughout the streets yes it's like whose funeral is it and then the guy sitting next to him just says yours, yours. And just stab, stabs him and then they throw him in the coffin real quick yeah that that one's good i also like that they kill someone through sound at the united nations they like switch it to a different frequency and it like melts his brain <laughs> can you do that can one sound just kill you i don't know isn't that like a rumor like no i'm thinking of the brown, brown. note yeah <laughs> but <laughs> No, Nathan, he didn't crap his pants. He died. Well, well, well maybe he, he did it so much he died. Well, well, I mean, when you die, you do crap yourself. So I don't no. know. He died from crap. He died of embarrassment. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine being in front of the United Nations and that happening? Oh, boy. That's an embarrassing day. <laughs> but but no, we get the nice opening title sequence. Um, I, I guess just to talk about this movie, this one is really 70s, really early 70s. It actually plays a lot into like the black exploitation genre of the time. It's about drugs, crime lords, and there's a lot of black actors in this. And uh, the opening title sequence is black women over like skulls and flames. It's kind of got a, a voodoo hinge tinge to it. It's it's really neat. Yeah, very great looking visuals. It's mm. really awesome looking. I mean, it's just a lot of flames, a lot of skulls. Just It looks great. It's one of my, based off of the title sequences alone, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, and then on top of that, you have a great song to go with it. One of the most popular Bond themes, probably the Bond theme to like trans, well, maybe not the, but one of the Bond themes that transcends the movie. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you about because I wanted to get into this a little bit with this song. Mm-hmm. So it's Live and Let Die, like you said, and it is sung by, you want to say who? Oh, oh, yeah, Paul McCartney and Wings. Right. So one of the biggest singers of all time, mm-hmm. just casually doing a, the movie theme song. But, <laughs> but what I was going to ask you is, on its own it's a great great song yeah but do you think it works as a bond song like like i i would almost make the argument like what you were trying what you were saying before that it almost transcends the bond movie itself to the okay. point where it's not so much synonymous with bond it's that it's like its own entity 
Yeah, that, that's a good, that's a good thing to bring up. But I, I do have to say, I I personally think it works really well as a Bond theme, and and why I think that is it's a very cinematic song, right? It it it, it in the beginning you have a really strong like live and let die, you know, it's very big, but then it starts to speed up and it changes the tone in the middle of it, and then it slows down and becomes almost like a a jazzy thing it goes through like all of these genres really fast it, it makes me feel like a big cinematic plot that goes multiple directions and that's how i felt feel about it. i think it's a great bond theme i think it works for it yeah i mean it like i said fantastic song it's in my playlist i listen to the song <laughs> yeah. a lot mm-hmm. it, but uh i don't know like it's almost like it's so grandiose and it's so <laughs> okay feeling where i'm like i'm like this <laughs> It's so good that it shouldn't be a movie theme song. Got you, got you. Well, I mean, I feel like a lot of people might have forgotten it's a movie theme song. I mean, if if you're in the know, you probably know, but there's probably people who've heard this song and think, yeah, Paul McCartney just made this and this is a wacky song, you know? Would you you argue that this movie, I mean, this song is more popular than the movie itself? I would, I would, just because of the amount of times it's been covered. I mean, Guns N' Roses covered this, and I know that's an insanely popular cover. I, yeah, I I would say it's more popular than the movie. Because this is an ongoing theme in some other movies where the, one of the songs in the movie is more popular than the movie. Like, (laughs) yeah. uh, Iris the Goo Goo Dolls was from that movie City of City Angels, of Angels. <laughs> that yeah. nobody ever talks about, but everyone knows that song. Yeah, I, I I was one of those people that had to be told that what it was from a movie. I you know that's a good song, and then or, I remember my dad being like, "Yeah, that's from City of Angels." Or a kiss from a rose is from Batman Forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the nineties was a big era for that. Uh, like it were for like song hits that were like bigger than the movie because every movie had to have a song that went with it right after bond did it yeah well i mean i kind of yeah i mean yeah bond i mean bond songs were a hit back in the day they were yeah yeah and i mean this one understandably so i i don't have the info on me right now but i'm sure it was an insta like it it's playing on the radio i mean it's paul mccartney i mean it's on (laughs) it's probably been played millions of times on like the radios throughout the world so I, exactly it, yeah well i was gonna say do you think that it fits the bond movie um yeah i i i it would i, I love the song but like now mm-hmm. that i'm saying it it's like I, what other song would you even put in this movie uh, I, yeah, I don't know. It, it really, I, I really think it complements it well. Like, you know, and it is one of the best Bond themes, like from here on out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's tough. I, it, I guess if we lived in a world where this song didn't get picked, well, nowadays, songs get made for, for, um, for Bond movies and then they just become like tracks on their own, but they aren't in the movie. Like Radiohead did that. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, the- I mean, there. I think there was a certain point in time when the songs weren't as popular, and there's some. There's definitely been some real, <laughs> not not very good Bond songs. Oh God, no! <laughs> so, uh, I I'm I'm glad we've been spoiled so far in yeah. the series. I, I I will say I think it might be going downhill soon. Um, and really quickly on a side tangent, I I looked up 
just to see how well this song did. And it did extremely well. It was number one on the charts for a while. But uh, Weird Al Yankovic had an unreleased uh, parody of it, Chicken Pot Pie. So just food for thought. Do you oh, think I'll, I wish that I'll was just eat it? Yeah, eat nice. That was, that's a good one. <laughs> I I I I don't want to keep going with weird albums, but <laughs> no. no, I it doesn't surprise me one bit, and no. uh, um, I think you know we'll do like a big retrospective at the end, I believe, where we will talk about the Bond yeah. themes. Where I think we'll I think it'll be appropriate where we just go strictly based off the theme songs, not for the movies. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun to do. Um, but, but but anyway getting in. Yeah. yeah let's get into the actual movie itself when we get bond and i think the the what we get right from the start is a perfect way to set up roger moore it's like the sleaziness of sean connery mixed with his type of humor because uh he wakes up right next to a woman uh he he's just freshly had sex with a woman <laughs> Uh, <laughs> they're laying together and um, I, I love that uh, M shows up in the whole joke between there's no briefing in an office the briefing is in this bedroom as, as James Bond has to hide this woman away and so does Money Penny yeah Money Penny catches her though yeah Money Penny does catch her and you know he, she's at least nice enough to hide her as well from, from M yeah it's uh I do like the that little moment though, because when Money Penny sees her, you can kind of see like a tinge of disappointment. Just like, yes. uh, like uh, it's like a little I, bit, bit of jealousy almost. I, I don't know. It, it's weird. She has she does give a look. My God, I wish that was me. <laughs> Why can't I be her? Yeah, I mean, I do like that whole their whole interaction because of course they have a joke for each other. Um, but James Bond gets his gadget, one of the few in this movie, actually, which is the magnetic watch. And <laughs> there's a really silly scene that had me bursting out laughing because it is just like so over the top is him undressing the woman's <laughs> undressing the woman's like zipper on her dress with the magnetic. watch. Yeah, it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> It's just silly. I, I enjoy this magnetic it. watch comes up a lot. This is the gadget of yes. the movie. It's like the big thing. Um, and so, I mean, I know, I think we've talked about this before, but I think we both agree, or at least I think I like when Bond's sillier, uh, you know, maybe not so silly that he's driving a moon mobile in the middle of the Las Vegas desert, but I like a good little bit of humor, something a little, you know, goofy i don't mind that i think that's part of the fun of bond like godzilla there is a there is a line in my opinion yes. and uh there's yeah. i i am a very big fan of a quippy james bond that has all these different little quips and jabs and mm-hmm. a guy that never seems like he's under pressure but yeah um However, there are going to be some later ones in the Roger Moore era where it does kind of push those boundaries just a little bit, I feel like. But yeah. we'll get we'll get but, there. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, I very much enjoy humor in the James Bond era. I mean, there's plenty of, you know, super serious spy movies out there that, Mm-mm. you know, these movies are completely 100% escapism and it is very much just 
like, hey, show me a lot of cool action stuff, you know, entertain me, give me a couple laughs, money well spent. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and I, I really love the settings of this James Bond because we, in the beginning of this movie takes place in New York and we forgot to mention that the main bad guy in this is a returning, uh, returning right. actor. Y- Yafikoto plays our bad guy. Uh, God, I, I want to call him Mr. Big, but that's supposed to be a, a reveal later that he's Mr. Big. Dr. Kananga. Yeah, Dr. Kananga, that's right, yeah. And I mean, Yafikoto, I do think if I was to kind of put maybe one um negative on this movie it's that i think his villain is a little weak i, I do think it's a little like a little weak but i think yafik koto does a great job of um sorry his plot is a little weak i think yafik koto does a great job and he does bring something to this role i i think the plot of this movie is actually too simple and yeah i know i know i, I totally because before, I mean, the other, I mean, we've seen some simple Bond movies where you're like, oh, that's it? Oh, okay. But mm. this one, it's like, I'm going to traffic heroin and make a bunch of money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like his plan is literally like, I'm going to give away so much heroin for free that it's going to get rid of the other drug lords. All right, that's I, it. <laughs> it, it. It feels weird because I, I, I know it, he will later, but for now, it's like a very big jump for Bond to be like on a drug caper like an anti-drug getting drug cartel caper kind of deal no but it, it kind of works though uh, it, yeah I, I mean yeah it, it, this movie is so very 70s because we've i mean it's if this movie was not a james bond movie this movie would be perfect for the show Oh, I agree. I totally agree. It would, it would, yeah. It, the thing is, it's like when it's James Bond, you know, James Bond is kind of like trashy in its own way, right? But they're big box office. They cost tons of money to make. But this movie is straight exploitation, just thrown with that nice classy bit of Bond in there. It, it really is. The part that I think doesn't work, which I think it's a little too silly, is the Dr. Kananga is Mr. Big plotline. Because, um, I, <laughs> I mean, he does have some prosthetics on, but it's like, okay, I'm not, I'm not fooled by this at all in the, in the, no. in the slightest. And, and, yeah. and I'm trying to determine if anyone else is fooled by this because they're like, when James Bond sees him, Mr. Big, he's like, oh, well, I'm only talking to Dr. Kananga. And yeah. And he's like, so then he peels off the makeup. And he's like, aha, it was me the whole time. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I know. We all knew. Yeah. <laughs> no, and it, it's very noticeable from the first scene. Because I remember looking at him, and I'm like, why does he look so funky? Like, he, he looks like, he, did you, you know, the rec- recently, the weekend, where all, he did like the fake plastic surgery thing. He looks like that. He looks like he just got like really bad plastic surgery or something. Yeah, it, it's bad. It's, it's, um, it's very uh, noticeable from the start. Uh, but I do love Bond getting to New York. He's kind of bumbling 
in a way um he, he gets in that taxi and one of the best lines in this movie he's like i'll give you 20 extra dollars if you follow him and then the guy's like well for 20 extra dollars I'll, ta- I'll take you to the kkk hideout and the taxi driver's black <laughs> i thought that was the really funny yeah it's, it's funny but yes I, I think it's funny that it's like almost every black person in this movie apparently works for kananga there's like there, there, yeah, there's I only know. like one person that is an actual CIA operative that turns out to be a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I get, yeah. And, um, and he almost dies at one point. So like, you know, it, it's funny that there's only one good black guy and every one of these guys connected to Kananga just knows everything that's going on. I don't really think there's hardly ever a time where Bond has the one up on them, on them. I do. I, what, I, what I what I like is in that same scene you're just mentioning is that he's tailing somebody and then he hops in that yeah. cab that you just said, and it turns out the guy mm-hmm. that said that line about the KKK he also works for Kananga because yeah because he, he gets on because he gets on the his little walkie talkie and he's like, all right, he just went inside. <laughs> yeah and uh i i love one of the henchmen is a guy with a clamp claw like mean, he's got the, he's got the clamp that cuts things do you remember what his name is i don't do you Tee-hee. oh it's Tehe. Tehe. that's right <laughs> yeah what a great name and he's always smiling he seemed like a nice he's guy a little, um, little but... happy guy and then you have uh my favorite henchman uh whisper uh yeah no whisper's really funny because he's just like a big guy and uh and uh, he he's your favorite henchman uh, really uh, this movie yeah okay okay what do you like about him there's a i like the funny like this is jumping ahead but bond mm-hmm. gets a hotel room and he plays like the room stewardess who's in disguise that's right yeah it's just this funny sequence where this guy is clearly trying to talk but bond just keeps saying what what yeah, your your drinks, uh. and he's like, "What? <laughs> your drinks?" Uh. <laughs> it's a great scene. I mean, it is a little ad, but I love that sequence because it's a uh, Bond takes a bath, and a secret compartment opens up, and it has a snake in it, and he and he kills the snake with a blowtorch. Wow. I was gonna say a little bit before that, we actually get to meet the Bond girl of this movie, who is uh, Solitaire who is a, a woman who can read the future through tarot cards, um, which is why I don't know why her name's Solitaire, but it shouldn't just be tarot, but uh, <laughs> I, I won't comment on it. That's, that's Ian Fleming's deal. It could have been, you know, Jen Rummy or Blackjack. <laughs> Jen Rummy, yeah. Does she ever play Solitaire in this Well, movie? I mean, she's, not, she's the only one using the cards, so she's as, it's kind of like Solitaire. Uh, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Um, but I, I really think it's funny that this movie, because I, I really, is there, has there been a Bond movie before this that really had like supernatural elements like this? Uh, before this, I'm trying to think. Um, I, no, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so either. Cause she, she can actually tell the future like she she knows everything that's gonna happen i I don't think it's really a trick uh because she pulls cards she knows who's gonna die and everything and of course bond uh pulls um the fool card and she pulls the lover card 
Oh, what's going to happen there? Who well, knows? Yeah, it's, it's funny because he pulls out, she says, pick a card. And he pulls it, picks up a card and it's the fool. She said, oh, you found yourself. And uh, <laughs> yeah, he says, what about my future? And then he just picks up the card and it, it, like he said, it's the lovers. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's like, I said, maybe <laughs> us sometimes. Yeah. And uh and this becomes a theme for the rest of the movie. He makes sure that this lover card is like a monopoly get out of jail free card. He's gotta use it at some yeah. point. It's it's burning a hole in his pocket. Guaranteed, guaranteed um, love scene later. <laughs> yes. Um, but she she kind of leaves the movie and we go to that hotel scene we talked about, and we kind of get the other Bond girl, um, who is uh Rosie Carver, and I'll be honest, I really don't like this character or didn't like this character. I was really scared that she's going to be the rest of the movie, be the main Bond girl. And she really doesn't. She ends up being a bad guy, which I, I it makes sense that she's so bumbling because that's how that's all it is. The whole time she's on screen for me, it's like, oh, Bond, save me, help me. And she's she can't even kill somebody, even though she's supposed to be a CIA well, agent. Well, it's like she said, it's like, this is only my second mission. His first, because her first guy died, <laughs> and he's he's like, oh, I'm in good hands. Well, it, it, this also sets up another gross Bond moment where <laughs> she. I, I do. I did like some elements about her because okay. they they uh, they do have the scene where she starts coming or he starts coming on to her, and then she's like, no, like that ain't gonna happen tonight, type of thing, and. Mm-hmm. But then she sees the the dead snake in the bathroom, and I guess one of Kananga's men left a a hat, like a bloody with a bloody feather in it. And, and then yeah. she freaks out, and she's like, "Please stay with me tonight." And he's like, "Whatever you say, darling. I'll never leave your side." You know, so, this woman's uh-huh. clearly frightened, and he's just like, "Score." Yeah, he's like, "All right, I I, I got it now," and he does um. It, it that that him and that girl actually no both of his love seat lovers in this movie he ends up doing kind of dirty honestly um but this girl later on in the movie what what a line whenever um she's like oh you would never kill me bond uh, you know after just what we did because they just had they had sex and he's like well i shouldn't have, i surely wouldn't have killed you before you know just like yeah i'm i made sure i was gonna have sex with you before i kill you later. yeah he's a creep my sicko yeah, exactly. There's a big difference here. That's just why I love Bond. <laughs> but yeah, the the plot line kind of you know goes from here, and then they go to like the heroin plant with with um with uh, with Rosie here. I'm trying to think what else well, happens. Well, not, Does anything well, like crazy well, happen? Yeah, I mean Rosie gets murdered. Well, yeah, Rosie does actually die. She, they're <laughs> so, trying to find where it's stashed at and she's really wanting him to go to this one certain location and bond's kind of picking mm-hmm. up on you know hey something's not right with this and that's when he's like all right out with it or i'm gonna shoot you and and then she sees a freaky statue and then like runs away and she gets gunned down <laughs> yeah she gets yeah it's pretty rough but roger moore makes it out alive of course um there was a scene later on that i really like because with his like you know the person that he likes um not the person the person he works with 
um, where he's hang gliding, watching over, and that very obviously looks like a prop. It looks like a toy in the air with Roger Moore in it, hang gliding as he's looking at binoculars. I don't know if you felt that way. It does. I, no, I thought I, it was pretty I, funny. I, yeah. You know, they're, they're trying. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't mind it, honestly. I mean, we, we like these kinds of movies. There's going to be effects like this. I, I think it's I think it's fun. This movie makes up um, for it, though. There's so many great chase scenes coming up, so... God, at the end of this movie, it goes insane with its chase scenes. It like it, it it is like a movie that works its way slowly, and then it's just action packed for the last like forty five minutes. Um, before that, though, I do have to talk about Bond being a creep, the solitaire. She he ruins her life, but because <laughs> yeah, because the whole deal is that she has to stay a virgin to read the future, but Bond makes sure. He like pulls out tarot cards and is like, hey, pick one and then we'll see what happens. And she pulls out the lover. Come to find out all the cards were the lover. I don't know how he got a whole deck of lover cards, but he, like I said, he was making sure he was going to ruin her life. About 52 decks of tarot cards. (laughs) Just put that one card out. (laughs) Oh God. This man went to so many links. This is honestly probably my least favorite plot line of this whole movie it's it, yeah it's very very unneeded i i agree i i i think like it, i guess i'm not asking bond to have remorse but he really looks like he could care less that this girl has lost her powers and now kananga is gonna plans on killing her because she her use her purpose is gone now it's kind it's kind of sad yeah it's uh yeah i just don't like it because i don't like how her supernatural ability is tied to her virginity of all things so of of course that would be what like changes everything um but i i like you said i think the chase scenes get insane from this point on a moment I really like where um, the bus's top deck completely gets ripped off and the car behind them gets trapped in the top deck of the bus. I, I like it because they, they're seeing him heading towards this tunnel or bridge or whatever. And they're like, ah, oh, he's not going to get out of this one. And then he just, without skipping a beat, just all comes clean off like like butter being scraped off. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah, it, no issues. Because, you know... It, it wouldn't, if we really think about it, that, that would stop the bus dead in its tracks. But no, this was like an easy, oh, just scrape it right yeah, off. Yeah, it just peels right off. Yeah, um, but I, I will be honest, I know there's a great boat chase scene later, but the chase scene, I enjoy the most. I love the plane sequence. I really do. I thought it was funny and like just the amount of destruction you get out of it is absolutely insane uh where bond bond hijacks a plane and there's a trainee in it learning to fly and he just takes this woman out for a joy oh, yeah. ride and this plane doesn't even leave the ground that it's uh that's it's a no, that's a great moment because it's just this little old lady like in a plane and she's taking yeah. flying lessons and she's like are you my new instructor he's like yes yes <laughs> yeah, let's go and and um and uh, Bond like drives her around and like causes all these cars to wreck these old biplanes. Like he's like swerving and everything, and then all the guys chasing after him is just 
destroying these planes. Like, absolutely, like, there's no more planes left of this airfield. I know. He just, and I do like how he's just driving along, and all the henchmen are just standing there, and he jumps, they all jump out of the way, type of thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, it, it's fun. And then he gets the wings completely taken off of the plane. And then that's the one, like, I was really surprised because the lady curses here. I was, uh, you don't really hear that a lot in Bond, at least so far. It, it was very, jarring and upsetting I can't believe upsetting. can't believe she said like a hard f word <laughs> no no f word was said it was the s word we can't say that one but oh stop okay yeah <laughs> stop please james bond <laughs> uh, just very matter of fact well i mean i do like the playing sequence but that boat sequence is so great because it insane it, so this movie takes place a lot in uh, Louisiana too. And mm-hmm. it's got this. So half of this movie is black exploitation, And then there, this part is total exploitation. It really is. <laughs> I was so surprised. It felt like something out of like a, a Smokey and the Bandit movie. Like, you know, it, you get, you get on a, in a boat and it's just this long chase sequence through the swamp and, there's this cop in in the middle of all this who is a Louisiana cop, thick accent, chewing uh, tobacco. Calls everybody and boy. It, yeah, calls everybody boy. And like, he, it, it's so wild. I was not expecting this. I don't think, I mean, I haven't seen every Bond movie, but this is the only time I think this could ever happen in a Bond movie. It, it just feels out of place, but it works well for this entry. I mean, it's right around the same time as a lot of those movies were coming out. So it's, Mm-hmm. It it feels very fitting, and I but I do like it because the sheriff. I mean, it, this movie predates Smoking and the Bandit with the so yeah. it uh, it it's just funny they have like the sheriff being like, "Your dad never get them boy, like <laughs> they ain't gonna make a fool out of me," type of thing. Yeah, and yeah, there's a great scene of them jumping a boat over him. Oh yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, and I. Uh, I like how he's talking up his brother's boat, like, oh, my brother, he's got the fastest boat in town. And, and like, mm-hmm. one of the henchmen just runs over there and steals the boat and just, like, <laughs> my boat now. Yeah, uh, it, I, I love that. And there's so many bits in this. This boat sequence, it's long. It's kind of crazy how much of the movie it takes it, up. It um, does, and it pretty much defies all the, lo- uh, the laws of physics for these boats, where... Oh yeah, of course. Where these boats are practically amphibious, where they can just drive on land, water doesn't matter. Yeah. They just totally functional. They can go on any type of surface. Yeah, I love the sequence of Roger Moore where his boat breaks, so he drives it on land just to steal yet another yeah. boat along the Everyone way. Everyone just has a boat ready to go, just ready to steal. Yeah, I was thinking about that, and it was just the same type of like speed boat that these people had docked up. Uh, they all have them left them the keys and the ignition ready to go of course they knew what was going to happen but uh no i mean this sequence really is awesome i think the end of this movie really does a great job of just keeping the energy up it's action-packed after a lot of funny moments and silly it still keeps it funny but still keeps like the energy high and i, I really appreciate that what did you think of the uh alligator slash crocodile scenes 
loved it i mean it was goofy don't get me wrong it's like so silly because he ends up at, the, as a, at a crocodile farm and he has a he, he gets to use his magnet watch he like tries to pull that boat but it's like connected to the string so he you know what he's got to do he's got to hop on some gator does the total cartoon video game maneuver where you could just run on alligators backs and and it's yeah. totally safe I'm pretty sure this predates Pitfall, but um, this is definitely, I, I feel like, could have gotten that idea from this one. Yeah, could uh, be. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I, I I thought that was really funny. And then, of course, after he escapes the crocodile farm, he uh, he burns down the people's place, like, just, like, as an extra, like, screw you along the way. Those poor crocodiles are just, <laughs> nobody's going to feed them now. I know, and they got fed, like, raw chicken. They, they were eating yeah. good. Um, not anymore <laughs> no um but you know he, we have to get to the underground layer um bond does end up against um Kananga and mr biggs uh well and they're the same person what uh, i didn't realize i know i know it's not like <laughs> i said it before um but there is this gun that blows i think i think oh the bad guy dies in this one sorry oh. guys uh yeah oops uh but he gets shot with like an inflatable dart well, they, they show it like this gun has abilities to inflate these things inflate things to astronomical proportions like how to test it out they shoot mm-hmm. a couch and the couch yeah. explodes like a balloon and yeah and it's whisper on the couch yeah. right who gets like flipped over on his back right but again this is more stupid they could have killed bond instantly type of moments because they're like oh well Mm -hmm. i'm going to hang you up above this pool of sharks and but instead of me doing that i'm going to slowly lower your end i'm going to cut your wrist first then start (laughs) lowering your end just to entice them even though he could have just taken the knife or gun or whatever and just stabbed him right there and it would have been over yeah yeah, cl- classic Bond stuff. Um, but one of the greatest death scenes in the movie. <laughs> yeah, Yafikoto gets shot with this inflatable gun. Camera zooms in. He's floating up in the air, and he pops like a balloon hitting the roof of this place. <laughs> it, it, well, because it, you're underselling how ridiculous it is. Yeah, maybe. Because, yes. Yeah. Go. Go for it. Bond shoves the air dart in his mouth, and mm-hmm. he does. He like puffs out his cheeks super far, and uh, mm-hmm. like, like, eh, like you know, he's like he's yeah. holding his breath, and he flies out of the pool, and he looks like mm-hmm. uh, he looks like that uh, Violet from like <laughs> from Willy Wonka. That's it. That I was like thinking, like, I, there's something I want to compare it to. Yes, Vi- Violet Beauregard. Where his whole body <laughs> right. just looks like a giant beach ball. And then, and and if you even see, if you even like zoom in on his face, like his eyes are all bugged out, his cheeks are all puffed out. Yeah. It's, it's so horrific looking and it just explodes. Yeah. In the camera work, I, I, I have to point it out, it is so wild. It zooms in so fast on this. Like, it's like grainy and like, zoom in on this guy just about to explode it is I, now like if anybody else saw this in real life like if you saw that happen to somebody in real life i mean 
you'd freak out right like you'd be like you'd be like holy crap like i just this this, that's like the (laughs) most horrific thing i've ever seen in my life i have post-traumatic stress disorder yeah you know how nasty that would be if somebody exploded like that like they're not going to show that in a bond movie but i can only imagine that would be one of the worst things you could see in your and life then bond's just like no big deal uh, he had a he has a little quip ready to go being like yeah certain- <laughs> he always had an inflated ego yeah <laughs> uh and yeah and then he's like hey solitaire want to go on a trip with me on the train let's uh let's sleep around after this and solitaire's like thumbs up yep let's go uh of course it's another bond movie that does the bond trope of uh it has an ending sequence where one of the bad guys shows up again tiki's back thank god Thank God we needed this. And uh, yeah, it, I, I, I thought this one was funny because, you know, because Tiki's going to win this fight, but all, he allows Bond to take the time <laughs> to reach over to get a little pair of scissors, reach in, cut the wire on his arm. And then, oops, now his clamp arm doesn't work anymore. <laughs> uh, I like it, though, because uh, Solitaire is on the top bunk and Tiki like mm-hmm. flips her up like a, like a Murphy bed and yes and but she doesn't realize what's going on and bond's having this like he's getting like the crap beaten out of him and they're he's trying to kill this mm-hmm. guy and then after t he falls out of the train window he just lowers it down mm-hmm. she's like well that was a mean trick like sorry darling <laughs> <I didn't... laughs> yeah no i i love I, no i really think it's a solid ending it's fun i i think it fits in to everything and as you can tell, I mean, at least for me, I really like this one. I think this was really nice. It felt really fresh after Diamonds Are Forever. Something new for the franchise, and I, I liked that it, a lot. It was a much-needed fresh coat of paint. I mean, the story goes at the time that bon, uh, Sean Connery was offered this role again, and they yeah. gave, they, again, they offered him an astronomical sum at the time of $5.5 million. And... Mm-hmm. Like I said, he was just kind of like that guy that was like, you know, I've I've owned my own golf course. I'm about own, I'm about two two about I'm not that far from owning my own bank. I'm good. I don't need any more money, type of thing. And mm-hmm. and then uh, Roger Moore comes along, who apparently was friends with uh, Harry Saltzman and uh, Cuppy Broccoli, the big producers at the time, because. Yeah. Uh, at the time they were actually they were still pushing for an american bond do you know who was rumored to be taking over as bond who no uh an old favorite of ours burt reynolds burt Ren- oh i think i've heard about that rumor yeah, that's right uh, i don't think it would have worked but it's funny that this one feels like it could be a burt reynolds movie it could be, i mean if you slip him in there it wouldn't be that I, I mean, but it yeah. wouldn't be a Bond movie. That would be a Burt Reynolds movie. It would be another Gator. That you know, it kind of like the ending of this kind of feels like Gator. Like Gator uh, goes to and, New York or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I, I, I definitely could see that, at least for this movie. But I don't think it would have worked in the long run. I, I really don't. No, but um, uh, they yeah. they finally gave up and just said, "Oh well." it's got to be British and they had Roger Moore and there supposedly though, there was a rumor at the time. I feel like that Roger Moore was actually one of the first picks to be the first bond. 
at one point. Yeah, I, I I've been reading that it Roger Moore has come up in the conversation for new Bond almost every time. I think he was one of, in in the talk in the beginning, and then he was supposed to be there before George Lazenby. Um, but you know, I think he had other commitments, and I think Diamonds Are Forever. He was even asked at one point, so he's been in the running for a long time to be a Bond uh, in Bond. Yeah, it uh, mm-hmm. it was worth the wait, and uh, I think. We're going to be seeing some a lot more worthy entries with him. Oh, uh, some other scenes too. I want to mention in this movie that we didn't get around to was the yeah. scenes with the uh, the outdoor like uh, festival sequences where it has the the oh, dancers, yeah. like the one guy wearing the I can't remember his name, but the guy with the top hat and the skeleton. Uh, but but that sequence was great. There's a scene too where he gets risen from a grave. And Bond immediately just shoots him and he turns into stone. I love that. And he's like an animatronic and his eyes roll back into his mm-hmm. head. Yeah, love it. I thought that was really cool. Uh, he's actually the last character you see in this movie. He's on the front of the train laughing. Yeah. As the end credits come up. Yeah. Too bad he wasn't a recurring character. I know. I know. I wish we had more of those in the Bond franchise. Well, we got one coming up soon. That's true. That is true. James Bond. Uh, yeah. Oh, right. Joke. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, those sequences are cool. Um, is there any other sequences that we might have forgotten? I'm trying to think. I don't, I'm sure we're forgetting something, I'm sure. Um, but I, uh, one really quick note I need to add. We're talking about an Academy Award nominated movie here. Live and Let Die was nominated for Best Original Song. Of course. Oh, yeah. As it I should. remember, and it didn't win. Do you know what won that year? I, I don't. It was uh, The Way We Were. The Way We Were. I don't even know. It was a very popular song <laughs> That's funny. at the time for, like, during the 70s. And I think it's one of those like where the song was actually more oh, popular okay. than the movie. Yeah, I well, I don't know the song or the movie, at least that I know of. I'm sure I've heard the song. Um, oh, look, I just looked it up. Robin Hood's Love was nominated that year as well. That's a great song. Um, but yeah, no, I think that about wraps it up for Live and Let Die. I actually highly recommend this one. I think this is a really good bond to pick up. Absolutely. Watch. Give it a watch. It's, uh, <clears throat> uh, it's, I guess, it's very good. I mean, it's, it ranks up there as, as the ones we've seen so far. It's definitely up there on the upper tier. I agree. It's one of my favorites. But will he return? I, well, yeah, sorry. Bond will be returning in The Man with the Golden Gun. So we'll check that out and see how that goes. But Ryan, what are we going to be talking about on Thursday? Well, Nathan, we have a mission on Thursday. Okay. And that is to... Uh, do I choose to accept it? That is, we have to save the Earth. Okay, all right, sounds good. How, how are we going to save the Earth as lowly podcasters? Well, we're going to be watching a movie with a very subtle message, and that is going to be <laughs> digging into that Toho well. We're going back in. We're going to be talking about 1971's Godzilla versus Hedora which is over on the Criterion channel and it's free on YouTube.
Perfect. Well, I'm excited to do that and save the earth. If you want to email us, you can email us at driving double feature podcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at DIDF pod. But until next time. Until next time.